Ready? Go. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Hang on! It's off the charts spectacular. Go, go, go! Tom Cruise has outdone himself. The world's coming after you. Stay out of my way. Prepare for one of the best action movies ever made. This is getting exciting. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Welcome in to the Illini Enquirer podcast, and I, I, I won't even get to the football news because there's so much basketball news we have to cover. Uh, I guess it's an emergency podcast. Uh, Illinois gets a big boost to the backcourt today with two smaller guards, but two guards that can definitely fill it up. Alfonso Plummer is committed to the University of Illinois, Utah transfer guard, who once hit 11 threes in a Pac-12 game, broke Clay Thompson's record. I'll have a, a a breakdown, a great breakdown with Steve Bartle from UteZone.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. And I think Illini fans will be pretty optimistic uh, after what he had to say. But also, Trent Frazier is coming back for a fifth season at the University of Illinois. So all of a sudden, Curbelo, Plummer, and Frazier, that's an explosive offensive duo. Derek Piper, this was a, a pretty good day for, for Illinois basketball when you're thinking of what could have been in the backcourt. You this is a pretty dangerous, at least offensively, backcourt. Yeah, it was a nice little Saturday for Brad Underwood and the staff. <laughs> when you think about, like you said, adding some proven commodities to the high major level. And a couple of weeks ago, we sat there and we knew that things still needed to play out, but it looked pretty bleak at the time when Io, which you knew, was going to declare and Adam goes in the transfer portal. And for a while, it, Trent seemed to be teetering back and forth, and, and there was a stretch there where it seemed like he was probably going to go pro and wasn't going to come back, at least based on the word that was out there. And uh, you missed on Armand Franklin, and all of a sudden, we talked about it on the podcast. You got Curbelo, and we know Hutch is coming back. What is he going to be? But he's really the guy that we know. He's the one known that you have there in the backcourt. So uh, to be able to get Trent back, obviously a guy that started over 100 career games, at Illinois and has put up a bunch of points and uh, two-way impact with him with what he can do defensively and everything. And uh, now with Io gone, you expect him to step into a bigger role offensively. And we know that he's very capable of that. So uh, th- there was a, a good amount of value for Trent to come back to earn his degree, to be able to chase some of these milestones, climb up the scoring list. And also I'm sure he'll be eyeing that big 10 player of the year and, and trying to make a push for that. So uh, it'll be good to see him back in the line of uniform for one more go. And uh, Alfonso Plummer is a nice addition. He, he's a bucket getter. They profile fairly similarly when you look at Plummer and Frazier as smaller lefties that can really get hot from three. Plummer shot it very well last year. Really, his two years at Utah. He was 38% last year uh, and really in the top echelon as a catch-and-shoot guy. So uh, I think when you look at Curbelo setting him up, and I talked to – Plummer briefly today and he really that was all he wanted to talk about was Curbelo and, and that relationship and and that Wait, was the guard reason. our guard wants to play with Curbelo yeah hey how about that <laughs> uh so check that on the side if you haven't already but uh he knows that Curbelo can can really provide opportunities for him to be successful and obviously Plummer with his shot making ability can create floor spacing and, and really help Curbelo as well so to get those guys 
Uh, we'd still like another bigger guard because I don't think I know uh, you're not going to start those three together. You just as far as six foot, uh, six one, six two, whatever they all are, they're, they're below six three collectively. So uh, you need one more, but you do have scoring ability. You got some guys that have played uh, at the high major level. Yeah, I think in an ideal world, Derek Armand Franklin is here, right? And, and you probably don't take a guy like Plummer. You want a bigger body guard. Uh, in an ideal world, Adam Miller doesn't enter the transfer portal, and he's a, he's a bigger body guard, not much taller than Alfonso Plummer, but certainly taller and 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 thicker a little bit. Um, but but those those options really aren't on the table right now. It's um, so this staff decided we got to go get a, a good player that wants to be here. Um, but it also means their their style of play uh, is how do they adjust that like. How do these three all play together at the same time uh, in, in certain stretches? Um, I, there certainly is enough rotation here, but I mean, Trent can handle the point a little bit. We, we know he did that early in his career, so he can be a, a lead guard at times. Alfonso Plummer's a pretty dang good ball handler. He uh, doesn't distribute the ball a lot, but it, they do fit offensively together, Derek. Coming off ball screens and Curbelo setting them up, um, I, I just think offensively this could be really good. I just don't know how it works all defensively. And my, my hypothesis is you got to go land longer guys elsewhere. And that, that for me would be at the four. Cause if you have Grandison, a long athletic four, whether that's Coleman Hawkins or, or one of the transfers and then an Omar Payne or a Kofi, um, I, I feel pretty good about them defensively. Um, but if you have three small guards and, and a guy like, I don't know if Demonte Williams came back, that, that that's a small team. Yeah, for sure. And, and Brad has talked about when he was speaking on his 2021 class and the need and identifying that they want to get bigger on the wings, on the perimeter and the, in the Big Ten and really throughout high major college basketball, there are bigger guards, there are bigger wings that you have to be able to answer that with, particularly defensively, uh, because even if you're in good defensive position, they can just shoot over you or uh, bully you up a little bit and uh, as Brad said, if Kofi, whenever Kofi's not man the middle anymore, that you're, he took away some of what teams were able to do, even just with that size advantage. Now Omar Payne is a shot blocker, and I think he's going to be a presence around the rim. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know how much we'll see those three together. Of course, we still got to see how it plays out. We got to right. see who else they're able to add, what Miller's decision ultimately is going to be, uh, and then also uh, – if there's what Hutch looks like and what DeMonte decides to do. So there's a lot of moving pieces here still. Like you said, though, those guys run in transition together, Curbelo coming off a ball screen and having an option on either side to be able to shoot threes. And, yeah, I think that Trent coming back really alleviates the the worry about when Curbelo's on the bench or not in the game or for whatever reason, who's playing point guard and who's also Walker Bell is out there setting somebody else for, up for a shot and, uh, Trent can do some of that. Plumber, like you said, can handle. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's like a bad passer by any means. It just hasn't been his game. He, his right. assist numbers are way down. Hasn't been a facilitator. Uh, he's more so go get you one, catch and shoot. He has a good mid range pull up as well. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. But uh, I think even if Plumber is your instant offense off the bench and plays 20, 20 minutes a game or whatever that might may be, he could be a nice impact there. No, he can make a huge impact there, and I think that'd be a huge bonus. He was just too good to pass up on for them at this point, right? Especially a team that 
that needs points. I mean, you're losing if Miller does not return along with Io and, and potentially Kofi, you just need guys who can get buckets. Yeah, you do. And you can't wait on Adam right now. And I know the staff has still been in contact there, but they can't assume anything. He's in the transfer portal. And uh, at one time it seemed like it was going to be an either or with Plummer and Miller. Uh, I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Now that they have Plummer, I think that they would still try to work it out with Adam if that comes to, to pass or if that materializes. I don't, I don't know that it will, but uh, yeah, they, they had to continue to move on, continue to find quality pieces. They identified Plummer as one of those. And uh, I don't want to, it's easy to, to compare everything or, or use the Baylor scale for everything. But one thing I thought of was Adam Flagler yes. as a bench piece who just came in and shot threes and played pretty solid defense. If that's Plummer's role, I mean, that would be more than worth the take and more than worth taking him and figuring it out after that, no matter what Adam does or no matter what else you're able to get. If he, if he can be in that mold for, for Illinois, that would be a really nice get. Oh, that's, that's a really good comp and Illinois should know all about Adam Flagler based on what he did to them uh, back in, what was that November? Um, so yeah. Um, all right. Trent Frazier. I am really intrigued to see a fifth year of Trent Frazier. Um, because we, I mean, we know we talked about it with snow and snow took a lot of heat for it, but the fit with Io DeSumo didn't know how it was going to work. And to Trent Frazier's credit, he changed his game. He checked the ego at the door uh, and, and he let Io kind of be that guy. Andre Curbelo be that guy the last couple of years and he became more of a catch and shoot guy. We saw it moments though when I was out. Trent still got it in that in that golf bag, man, where, where he can he can take over a game. I don't know if maybe even we underrate how good he could be as a scorer, especially uh, as a senior, Derek, because the it should be opened up more. I mean, Andre Cabello's going to have the ball in his hands, but so is Trent Frazier. I mean, Trent Frazier basically moves into the Io DeSumo role of I'm the secondary ball handler or maybe the primary ball handler at times. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what this looks like for Trent uh, back in one of the top, I think, two scoring roles at guard right and we have seen it and it would be it will be interesting to see him tap back into that bucket getter mentality because let's be honest i think that in what he said to us as media but also just kind of his approach was sometimes taking a back seat and sometimes offensively just you know i'm here to play defense and do what's right for the team and if my shot's there i'm going to take it but uh, and there were times particularly later in the season where encouraged that he was going off the bounce and being a little bit more aggressive trying to go to the rim when i was out they put the ball in his hands and let him do some things in the pick and rolls and uh he's capable of that and i think that when you're in that role and you're able to go into a game knowing i'm getting this volume of shots and that's just kind of what he's accustomed to you will probably see that that bucket getter more consistency come out of him uh in that so yeah i think it will be very intriguing to see how he fi- figures that back out and, and taps back into that while also still being that lockdown defender that, that he really prides himself on being. So uh, I have no doubts that given the, the volume and given the opportunity that he can go out there and fill it up. I'm not surprised we haven't heard anything out of this guy because he doesn't like saying much to anyone in our field. <laughs> Do we know anything about DeMonte Williams? Um, because we talk about defensively, 
this could be a nice guy to kind of compliment um, these guys defensively. Obviously, can really shoot the three. I mean, you think of a next year's team, that's a lot of three-point shooters, especially if they can find a four uh, that can shoot it. Um, obviously, Austin Hutcherson is, is, is a huge X factor here, but, you know, DeMonte and Trent are really close. So I'm, I'm wondering if this this pulls DeMonte uh, one step closer to a return, but we just haven't heard much. Yeah, and I was going to say, uh, the one thing maybe we do know is that his roommate's coming back. <laughs> a guy from the same recruiting class and, and someone, like you said, that he's very close to is coming back and saying, let's do this one more year. And, and maybe that does push DeMonte towards coming back. And I, I think that overall what I've heard is he's just had been taking his time. And the expectation, and we only know so much as far as being tapped into what these guys are, are thinking and everything, but – the expectation has been that there's a good chance that DeMonte is probably going to come back. And I, I think that this would probably further that. So uh, we'll have to wait and see what he ultimately wants to do. But yeah, like you said, again, that's another three point shooter. Another guy with a lot of experience who until they find another guard would probably have a lot of opportunity to be able to play in that backcourt. And I think, I think Grandison's that mix as well, probably playing more at the three, ideally, if you're able to land an impact four or a guy that you like and you can play a lot of minutes there. But uh, yeah, DeMonte would be another one with a lot of experience, and uh, as he's shown last year, a uh, pretty nice, pretty nice three-point stroke. I would imagine Kofi Coburn declares for the draft. Um, maybe that's soon. We'll find out. But I, I think Kofi will go through the process. And I think he'd like to go pro. And who can blame the guy? I mean, and I always say this. He would be 22 years old when the season starts. He's not He's not a young junior here. Um, so he's he's older than Io DeSumo. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see the feedback he gets. And if, if like Io last year, that pushes him back. But he's obviously far from a certainty. And he's obviously the biggest recruit Illinois has uh, on the board right now. But say he's gone, Derek. Um, I, I think this is really intriguing. If DeMonte came back and they're able to land a four, whether that's Joel and Tabway or, you know, Trey Mitchell would be ideal if, if Kofi Coburn moves on to, to pair with Omar Payne. But I, I think you'd be looking at a team that would play differently, right? I mean, Illinois rarely went beyond seven, eight guys the last couple of years. If DeMonte comes back and Trent comes back as like free scholarships and you have Plummer and Curbelo and and these freshmen come in. Maybe one of them gets a role. Coleman Hawkins is going to be in that that front court rotation. Jacob Grandison, uh, of course. Um, that that could be a really interesting team for Brad Underwood, and it would be very interesting to see how they maybe they use nine ten guys. Maybe they they ratchet up the pressure a little bit uh, again. Um, there's so many options that are still out there, but I'm just sitting there in my head like. That could be an iteration of this team. If Kofi doesn't come back, they add a four where you see some a lot of guys getting 12-plus minutes on this team. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that is something that will be on the table. And, of course, it will be up to those freshmen coming in, how ready they are. And we've talked about uh, with signing week. It's all in the same week. There's so much going on, man. Uh, Podzinski, bucket getter, I think that he could come in and make some shots. And, and Goody has the frame. And, can slot in either three, maybe even spot minutes to the four as a freshman if, if he seems to be ready to go. And, yeah, I, I think style of play, as you bring up, is going to be interesting. And it's something that's still probably up in the air as they mold this roster and get more answers here. But maybe if you're smaller on the perimeter, which I, I know that they at the outset didn't necessarily want to be uh, going into this offseason and, and wanted to get bigger, and they do with that those freshmen. But maybe you do get more pressure. Maybe you do – 
just do some different things defensively with Payne if he's your five man as far as switching because Brad had mentioned he's a guy that can switch on to really anybody they they feel like with his athleticism and the way that he can move uh, so that is going to be interesting to see the way that you kind of adapt and, and do different things there I still think offensively it's it's ball screens with Curbelo because that's what he's great at and Payne is a pick and roll roll to the rim and lob and everything so I think that all makes sense uh, but yeah there are a number of questions here. Can Coleman Hawkins develop enough physically to play some five, especially if Kofi's not back? I think that's something to think about. And, of course, like you said, Trey Mitchell and Tobway, whoever else is going to hit the portal as this continues to develop and at the end of the, the draft process. But back to your original point, I do think just my read on I think probably similar to Io, Kofi is going to go into this after being a sophomore and probably say, right now, I think I'm going pro. Like, I think I'm – this is going to be it. Now the feedback could push him back to Illinois, but he's turning 22 in September and he's going to have an opportunity. I would think we don't know for sure, but an NBA franchise would probably at least be interested in a two way contract or just some kind of flyer on him. And is that worth it for him? I don't know, but there was a lot of talk him entering college that it kind of seemed like a two and done type of situation, even if it wasn't, a straight line of the NBA just for him to be able to go make money. And if that's what he wants to do, I couldn't really blame him. No. And, um, you know, the name image and likeness is, I think could appeal for Illinois like that. That could be a tool for them, but they just don't know what it's going to be. They they just don't know how much they can say, go for, you're going to make 50,000 or you make 20 or you're going to make 153. I, we we just don't know, uh, what that could be. And, um, Sometimes people just want to move on with their lives. And, you know, Georgie Bishanishvili uh, is a part of that. And I can't blame that kid. And, hey, go buy a Georgie Bishanishvili T-shirt. Um, he's hawking those, man. And I'll buy one probably from him. <laughs> you caught up with him, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had him on the show on Friday promoting the game day spirit. He's got two T-shirts. One is – I mean, they're both really cool. One says amazing all across the front, and that's his – that's his tagline, but also um, one of his sayings: "It's a great day to have a great day." So, mm-hmm. gonna miss that dude. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss dealing with Georgia guy that always kept it interesting, always had great perspective on life and everything. So, man, if we uh, we was Io, Kofi, and Georgie, that like I understand that's a huge hit to Illinois basketball and a lot of fans for media, man. Like mm-hmm. and and Adam Miller, I love talking with Adam Miller, who's, who speaks like a twenty-five-year-old NBA veteran already. We still got Dre Curbelo is is fantastic with us. Trent and Demonte are, are hard to crack sometimes. Trent Trent's a well-coached uh, interviewer, uh, interviewee, and Demonte, boy, you got to work for the, the word count there with, with Demonte. So <laughs> they they definitely challenge us there. Uh, to say the least, to say the least, Demonte. We know the, at least know the deal. Uh, he has his moments where he opens up a little bit, uh, but for the most part, he, he's not a big fan. Yeah, that's kind of a fun game. I guess if you like like being challenged, like love you, man. He was a challenge, but once you yeah. got something out of him, it was like yeah, it was a big win, <laughs> big win. True. I, I I did laugh when back in the old days when we used to go to oven and get get a chance to interview people in person and those that would try to request Demonte and his different tactics for not being able to to come out and talk to us. Those those were always entertaining. But do you think Derek Burson sweated more when Georgie actually did interviews because you never knew what he was going to say or when somebody requested Demonte and he had to go approach Demonte? <laughs> uh, it was probably Georgie. 
I don't think I ever have ever seen DB more nervous the first time we talked to Georgie. Yeah. And he probably DB probably doesn't have the expectation. He knows he's gonna go back to DeMonte and he puts in the he puts in an honest effort, but <laughs> probably doesn't expect too much. Yeah. All right, Derek. Um this offseason's been crazy already, and we're barely a month into it, right? Like, we're not even yeah. a month into it. Uh, obviously, attrition could still happen throughout this offseason, but if Illinois could have an ideal end to this, um, you know, if they have a, an open scholarship or two, I think four-man would probably be the, the number one priority, right? And then if they can get a big-bodied guard, I would imagine that that's got to be the other spot. Yep, absolutely. Four man is going to be at the top of the list right now in terms of trying to find an impact guy there. Come in and, and probably in their mind they would hope to be a starter. I think Coleman will be Coleman Hawkins will be in that mix as well. I don't see them wanting to start Jacob Grandison at the four. Ideally, if you're able to go out and get someone that uh, has a little bit more traditional size at the four and can do some different things, Trey Mitchell can play four and five uh, if. Brad Underwood's dreaming at night. It's Trey Mitchell next to Kofi uh, in, in his front court uh, as the four and the five. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, Trey Mitchell's situation uh, with his former coach and it, who is with his mom and trying to find a job there, that's all got to play out. And Joel and Tabway is one that they are very interested in as well, uh, formerly at UNLV and Texas Tech, and they're, they're involved with that one as well. So uh, somewhat at the four and then either – either Miller back or another guard. And well, it'll be interesting to see what other names kind of pop up at guard here as they play out. Some of them have come off the board here of late. Uh, one that we do know is Jalen Pickett out of Siena, who is a very good playmaking guard that can do some things with the ball in his hands, good passer, uh, and can also shoot a little bit. Yeah, no, it's uh, – but I do think with college basketball, Derek, we've seen this huge initial wave, right? I think some people are assuming it's going to be like college football where there's a second wave. I, I don't know if that's the case because uh, there maybe there will be trickles coming in, but college football, I think after spring ball, there's another big wave of guys that go, okay, I don't have a spot here. Let's see where we can go. Do you see a, a second wave here of college basketball transfers? Like I, I'm skeptical of that, but I, I don't know if I'm off base. I mean, for as big as the first wave has been, it's hard to imagine how big – of a, of a secondary one there could, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there will be another form of of it but how big it actually will will materialize into I don't know I, I don't think it will be something wild again but who knows I, I know that at times there's players that would rather wait till the end of the semester and maybe not have to deal with being on campus after saying they're gone and all that yeah. deal Maybe there's some of that. I do think there is something to be said for those that go to the draft and then find out they're not going to stay in and don't want to go back to where they uh, were at. Uh, I think that is going to pop up a, a handful, but it's not going to be like here's another 20 options on Illinois board right. uh, within the span of a couple of weeks. So I don't, I don't think that is the case, but there are still some moving pieces and still some dominoes that, that could, could fall here. Catch your breath, Derek. Can you you got you got some time to catch your breath? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. 
It's nuts, man. It's it's been a nuts off season already, uh, and I I haven't even done a football podcast. We're gonna have to do that one at some point with two new commits uh, this week as well. Well, Derek, uh, coming up next, we're gonna talk with uh, Steve Bartle from the Ute Zone. Fantastic breakdown coming up next. But appreciate the time, man. As always, man. It's always fun. All right, next, let's get some great insight from Steve Bartle, UteZone.com, part of the 24-7 sports crew. He's covered Alfonso Plummer the last couple years. What is Alfonso Plummer bringing to the University of Illinois? I think you'll like what Steve has to say next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back into the Illini Enquirer podcast, and let's get to know a little bit about the Illini's latest addition to the roster, Utah transfer guard Alfonso Plummer. Was really good. Uh, Scorer's first is uh, two years there after transferring in from JUCO. And Steve Bartle from 24-7 Sports covers Utah and the Utes uh, for us. And uh, Steve, can, can you kind of take me back first about getting Alfonso Plummer, a JUCO guard, um, that that seemed to work out pretty well for Utah. So, w- what went into them getting him and, and landing him? Yeah, you know, he was kind of a, it was kind of an interesting recruitment with Alfonso Plummer. He kind of you know, came from a, a JUCO in, in Arizona, and you know, not a lot of people were really on him. And at the time, Utah's roster really needed some shooting. Uh, just desperately needed shooting. They had lost. Cedric Bearfield and Parker Van Dyke, two guards that were, you know, capable scorers who graduated and moved on from the program. And, and so Larry Kraskoviak and his staff just, uh, you know, kind of scoured the, uh, the the market and identified Alfonso Plummer. I want to say, oh gosh, I want to say it's like Arizona West or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact junior college, but, uh, you know, he uh, – had made a number of three-pointers throughout his career there. I think he played two seasons there. And that is exactly what uh, led Utah to bringing him in. And uh, Utah, again, they needed shooting at the time. And it, it took Alfonso Plummer some time to acclimate to to the different level. But, you know, throughout his – in his two seasons, he proved to be the shooter that Utah was hoping he would be. Um, and so that's kind of – what it all boiled down to. He was a nice find, and and with uh, Utah's ties, they had hired Henry Martinez at the time, who was a coach with connections throughout, uh, you know, Central and and, and South America, uh, and that was kind of a connection for Alfonso Plummer and Henry Martinez. That was really, really helpful, and Alfonso Plummer coming to Utah as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it all came to be. Utah, again, just – kind of needed uh, some shooting, and they identified Alfonso Plummer as a very capable shooter. He was above 40, 40% throughout his career, and uh, that's uh, that's what led Utah to uh, to making the push for him. 
That's amazing. Uh, Utah, Illinois, uh, attractive to, to some of these, uh, you know, Puerto Rican players. Uh, Illinois certainly got a pipeline going now, and they add to that with Alfonso Plummer, with Orlando Antigua, their assistant. Uh, but I, you said it, Steve. I mean, he was a very effective three-point shooter, 39.9% uh, during his two years at Utah. How does he go about getting uh, his shots? How does he go about getting his offense? Well, most of his offense comes from spot-up opportunities, catch-and-shoot opportunities. Uh, and, you know, that's going to be the big thing for him. He's capable of shooting effectively coming off of screens. He can catch, dribble, and pull up off of the dribble as well. If you give him just a little bit of space, he's going to be able to get a shot off. He's got a quick release. He gets, you know, for being a guy that's 6'1", he gets really good elevation on his jumper as well. So, uh, you know, he's able to to get his shot off. Uh, but really, a lot of his offense, again, comes from, you know, spot-up opportunities where other guys are going to be able to create uh, and, and find him. And uh, that's where a lot of his shots came from, coming off screens, spot-up opportunities, things like that. He doesn't have a very high assist rate. Uh, doesn't doesn't seem like a, a big distributor there. Um, and it, like, so is it basically just catch and shoot threes with him? What else does he bring offensively? Yeah. So I mean, he's his his role at Utah was to shoot the ball. Um, Utah, you know, Utah needed his scoring punch because they didn't have a lot. Uh, throughout the rest of the roster. They had some young, talented pieces, uh, but any time you're dealing with true freshmen and you need to rely on them to be scorers, you know, at, at this level of basketball, it's going to be tough. So uh, he was he was basically told, like, look, man, if you've got a shot, take it. Um, and, you know, it's it's not that he was just taking and, and, and hucking shots. There were some games where he took, you know, some bad shots, as every shooter is going to do. Um, but... You know he he has the ability. He's not he's strict. He's not strictly a catch and shoot guy. He's he's got very good quickness. He's got good athleticism overall, and he can handle the ball. He's he's not a point guard by any means, but he understands how to how to get guys the ball, uh, making timely passes and pick and roll situations. He just wasn't utilized in that way a, a, a whole lot. But in the few opportunities that he had, he showed that he can make plays um, either getting to the rim with a nice little floater or a layup or, or dumping it off to, to the roll man or, or to the pick-and-pop guy. You know, he's, he's shown the ability to handle pick-and-roll situations fairly well. So he is a, a capable playmaker. I wouldn't count on him for, for any more than maybe two or three assists a night. But, you know, he's he's got it in his game. It's just his usage at Utah was primarily his shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he doesn't turn it over, uh, even he's even though he's got that high usage. So he uh, doesn't turn it over very often, so that's a, that's a good sign. Okay, so Illinois has a small backcourt coming back. Uh, Andre Curbelo, Trent Frazier announced he's coming back for another year. Both those guys under six foot two. Alfonso Plummer is as well. What, what does he bring defensively? Because that, that could be an issue with, with Illinois with three uh, smaller guards next year. Yeah, de- defensively, that's going to be a big question mark. And you know, truthfully, Fonso is going to have to to answer some questions and, and, uh, and kind of quiet the concerns with his 
ability on the defensive end. He's got he you know he's tough. He's built well. He's not he's not you know he's six one, but he'll he'll compete. He's got enough strength. He's got enough on his body where he can compete and and you know the big ten is known for playing a physical brand of basketball. He'll be able to handle that well. Um, you know he's he's not very long. So, you know, he may only be able to defend the, you know, smaller guys on the floor and that kind of stuff, but he's quick and he's, he's mindful of passing lanes and that kind of thing. He didn't average, uh, you know, a, a lot of assists, but he's able, he, he had some opportunities where he was able to get deflections in the passing lane, get out on, into transition opportunities and, and that kind of stuff. So um, I think for him, I don't want to – he's not a liability. I would not call him a liability at all. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily call him somebody that I – you know, I wouldn't put him on <laughs> a top playmaker or, or anything like that. But he's he's not somebody that you really have to worry about. Uh, he'll do the job, uh, but I, I would not count on him to, to shut people down or get a stop when you need it. Um, but he's he's got – He's got the tools that you want in a player to compete on the defensive end that can make plays on the defensive end and that kind of thing. It's just, you know, he's not very versatile in the type of players that he's going to be able to defend just because of, you know, his size, his lack of length, um, and, and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, he's he can be effective if, uh, you know, with, with the right guys around him. Steve, before I let you go, and really appreciate your time uh, and insight on, on Alfonso Plummer, um, can you take me to this final game of the 2020 season when he made 11 threes against Oregon State in the Pac-12 uh, tournament? I, I know they didn't win. They ended up losing 71-69, but 11 of 16 from three for 35 points. What was that game like? It, it was wild. It was the craziest experience watching that game and, and you brought it up and I immediately remember watching it and where I was watching it because it was it was so surreal. It was crazy watching him just go off. Um and you know it wasn't just that was the big game. He he set the record. He you know he overtook Clay Thompson. Uh Clay Thompson of the Golden State Warriors. You know, he broke his record uh for three point makes. That says a lot about you know uh, that performance and it was crazy. Utah lost the game, uh, unfortunately. Oregon State made a great comeback and won the game, um, but that performance from Alfonso Plummer it was nuts. And he uh, he didn't have any record shattering performance after that, but he had a couple games. There was a game this past year against Colorado in Boulder, Colorado. Utah was down. Oh gosh, what were they down? They were down 18, I want to say, 18 or 20 with about eight minutes to go, and Alfonso caught on fire and shot Utah back into the game. They won that game. It was the most crazy thing. So you have these performances from him where he can just get hot. And it, and the, the crazy thing about the, the Colorado game, it wasn't just that he got hot from three. He was able to get to the rim. He was able to to find guys and 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 create opportunities, scoring opportunities for other guys. Like he just, it was his. It was probably his best performance that we saw from him in that jersey, which is saying something, considering 
the record-breaking performance he had in that Pac-12 tournament two years ago. But that performance against Colorado in Boulder was probably his best overall game just because we saw it all. Uh, we saw his ability to shoot. We saw his ability to get to the rim, to create, and all of that stuff. So with Plummer, he's got this unbelievable ceiling, right, where he can catch fire, he can get hot, and he'll shoot you into games. The question with Utah, he was relied up to he was, you know, he was relied on to be the second primary scorer. And I don't know that he has the efficiency to be that type of guy, but where he can be a third, fourth option, where other guys can create and create space for him to get open looks, he can be really effective in that kind of role. And I think, you know, with him making the move from Utah to Illinois. I think that that's a great fit for him, uh, and I think that's really going to help his game next year. So uh, certainly interesting to uh, to see his his play, you know, in Champaign and, and see how he's going to fit there. But you know, if you're a, a Fighting Illini fan, I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic about uh, what he brings to the table. There will certainly be some exciting times, um, and, and that's kind of the that's kind of the key thing here is. Is you're you're getting a dude that can just that can fill it up in moments, and when he gets hot, he gets really really hot. Great stuff, Steve Bartle, Utah twenty four seven Sports Ute Zone. Uh, you can visit him there twenty four seven Sports slash college slash Utah. Steve, uh, incredible breakdown, man. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, no problem, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on, man. Great stuff from Steve Bartle, UteZone.com, part of the twenty four seven Sports crew. There. All right. We covered the basketball side of it on the podcast, and you can check out all the the content. I, I, I'm sorry. There, there's so much up there right now. Uh, hopefully, you can get through all of it, and we'll probably tweet this out over the next couple of days uh, because you might have missed some of the stuff, whether it's Derek talking with Alfonso Plummer about why he likes the fit uh, with Andre Curbelo. We were just all across the state. Ryan Easterling was in Oak Park at the Fenwick game talking with Ian Pugh. Joey Wagner was down in Johnson, or Christopher, Illinois, excuse me, way down in Christopher to check out Austin Brown of Johnston City, a top Illini target. Uh, and I was in Joliet watching Jordan Anderson, who's just a, a monster uh, running back, all Illini targets. Uh, so go check that out. Ian Pugh is the kid in Fenwick uh, that Ryan was seeing. So if you miss those, really good insight into those players uh, as well as their recruitments. Uh, so check that out. We also got breakdowns of the newest or the second newest Illini commit now, Hunter Whitenack. We'll have more breakdowns with Hank Beatty. I just caught up with him, the Rochester wide receiver. I caught up with Rochester coach Derek Leonard about him as well. Uh, so we got all of that stuff coming up to the site. Plus, we have a spring game on Monday. And we got previews ready for that as well. So keep it tuned to IlliniInquire.com for all of that. You can also, uh, right now, just get VIP access for your first month for just a dollar or your first year for 30% off. So all the access to all of this is right there. We also appreciate you listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow wherever you get us, Spotify, uh, Apple Store, wherever you get your podcast, Stitcher. We appreciate when you do that. Rate us, review us. That helps us out as well. A good day this Saturday for Illini sports and athletics as basketball uh, adds two big guards or two scoring guards and Illinois adds an in-state commit the first in the class 2022 with Hank Beatty. We'll break that down coming up in a podcast 
later. I thought basketball was enough to cover for today. Everybody have a great rest of the weekend. Uh, We will see you maybe at the spring game. Enjoy that. Safe travels if you're going to make it down to that game. And if you haven't checked out our podcast previewing that game, going position by position with Joey Wagner for about an hour. Uh, So if you need some accompaniment during your trip to Champaign, if you're making uh, it to the spring game, that's that's a good one to listen to for that. All right, everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must Listen, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.